my barrel, Brooklyn. 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 It is a Brooklyn Bite with your boy Podnam. Uh, hanging out from Studio A, looking at East, beautiful Eastern Parkway and the Brooklyn Museum. And they have this exhibit called Yo and Oi. And the way you look at it, either front and back, it, it could be either. You don't know which one it is. What do you think, Padre, it is? Is it Yo or Oi? Uh, what's good, Podnam? Is this like some type of glass half full scenario? Like, what, depending on my answer, proves something about me? Uh, what is that? Like that dress thing? Uh, um, no, I mean, like, what people say, like, when you get, like, a glass if, if you, that is, you know, it's filled halfway, if someone says it's half empty, they're more pessimistic, I guess. If someone says it's half full, they're more optimistic, sort of thing. Oh, no, no, I get the whole concept of that. I was just comparing it to, um, yeah, I, let's just go with that. Let's just go with that. So I thought I, you were saying you didn't know what I was talking about, because that happens often as well. Well, I mean, yeah, you do speak a lot of Ohioan, so I can't really understand you. Yeah, time. I think it's saying O-H. I don't think it's Oi or Yo. I think it's O-H, and that, that's not why. It's an H, probably. O-H. Because I'm here in studio land, so that's what I'd be looking out the window to. Uh, Actually, I'm looking out the snow right now. Snow? Not Yo or O. Snow. You're looking at the snow, like Informer? No, no one's licking me boom boom down over here, unfortunately. So not like that, no. Oh, that's funny. You said uh, Licky. That, that's that's funny. Um, I don't know why that would be funny. I, I feel like it. It could be funny. We'll we'll see if it's funny. Um, but yeah, uh, we are here talking to little Nets. Um, your boy Podnam here went to a game last night. Oh, Sonic is blowing boy up. Podnam, my boy Podnam needs to switch that phone off. We're trying to record. Are we trying to do that? We're trying. All right. Well, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you uh, update these listeners on what happened a little bit last night, and I'll give you my take because I'm still kind of yeah. reeling from that. Well, you know what, um, Padnam, I won't even go back, if I may, before last night. In fact, because I've I've got a a screen grab pulled up here that someone posted on NBA Reddit. Uh, it looks like a screenshot of something that was probably on Yes Network or something like that. The headline says "Heartbreak Hotel." Uh, under that, it's his last five home games. So, starting with November 25th, and then the five games since then, the, le- the fifth one of which was last night, which was December 5th. And I'm just going to read through this here. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, so, November 25th, led 76ers by 13 points with 538 left, then were outscored 22-7 to to end game and lost by two. Then we moved to November 28th, led Jazz 78-70 to at start of fourth quarter, then were outscored 11-2 to to end game and lost by 10. November 30th, led Grizzlies by seven points with 33 seconds left. Yeah. <laughs> we then outscored seven to zero to end regulation, and I guess in only 33 seconds, lost in double OT. Mm-hmm. And if you remember last podcast, we, I think it was actually after that Sixers game because we said the next two games are against the Jazz and Grizzlies. We thought they'd maybe win one of the two. It didn't happen. Then December 3rd, uh, it says Alec Burks, game-winning dunk with 3.2 seconds left, lost 99-97 to the Cavaliers. My Cavaliers, so we'll talk about that one. Yeah. Then it says t- tonight, which is last night, led Thunder by 23 points with 421 left in the third quarter. Were subsequently outscored 39 to 19 in the fourth quarter and lost by two. Paul George had 25 fourth quarter points. Doesn't say this here, but I do. I do believe it was like a, basically a buzzer beater or a shot left leaving like less than two seconds on the clock sort of thing. Yeah. Um. You could say all of that is pretty accurate i've actually I, when you said when you said most of it all i heard was uh heartbreak hotel and all i went to is oh. whitney houston uh when you when you said all that so i feel like 
feel like I'm I'm reeling still, and I, I blacked out a little bit. So you'll hear the first two words that I said, which was yeah, our break hotel. Right, that's why I said all that is accurate um, because I have no way to. I mean, I can look I can look online to figure out what really happened. I just know that uh, my loving and everyone else's beloved uh, Nets are right now on an eight game losing streak, and I think I think five or six of them were at home. So. Well, what, well, the point of what all the thing I just read was that the last five games they've had at least decent to significant leads going into the fourth quarter, and right. um, they've lost all of them, and some of them in ridiculous fashion, especially that Grizzlies one, up by seven with 33 seconds left, and then they lose in double OT. But to get to even one OT, that means they had to give up seven points in basically 30 seconds. Yeah, That's like... That's, it's extreme tanking, right? Or just extreme incompetence, but it functions both ways. <laughs> I mean, they do. The Nets do have their yeah. pick for once this year, right? This is so very tanking true. Would, would make sense, especially without Karis LeVert. We talked about his absence a little bit last podcast. Do you think? Do you think his absence is to blame for a lot of this, or what do you say? Yeah, I mean, we talked talked about on uh, episode one twelve, uh, peaches and cream. If I remember, what I said was these Nets are still figuring out. You know, who's going to take that shot because Karis LeVert was that guy. I mean, if you look back early in the season, I think he hit two or three. Not one, like, game winner, another, like, I think close to a game winner or clincher, and then another one he kind of, like, just, you know, did his thing and put them up enough to win the game. So, I mean, they put, they trusted the ball in his hands. I think everyone realizes that he is their best player. So it's definitely making a very negative and hard impact because of this decision making that's happening no one really knows they get so much anxious anxiety down the stretch that no one mm-hmm. wants to take the ball i don't know well did you watch this grizzlies game yes the, i watched it uh, i watched all the games almost in entirety i recorded them if i couldn't watch them live but i watched that i caught up live to the end of the fourth quarter and i was like what happened i think it was um Jaron Jackson, no, uh, Justin Jackson, whatever his name is. Jaron Jackson's the yeah. yeah. Uh, it was the illegal kickout three point or four point play when they're up by seven with the thirty three seconds left, um, and uh, RHA fouled him. But you know he kicked out his leg. It would it should have not counted, and uh, mm-hmm. it should have been the Nets ball with seven seven points up. They actually what was it? I think Ryan Rucco or whoever on the next game they talked about the two-minute report, and there was five errors. That The game was really called awfully. Uh, and for a home team, you really don't expect that. I mean, there's a, you know, refs can have a difficult job doing 50-50, but the report said they missed four calls that should have went to the Nets in the two-minute stretch. So wow. what does that say, really, <laughs> you know? Blaming the refs on this one. I, I feel like there's only a couple times you can do that. And even though the, the boy's nasty, you know, Justin Jackson, and he's going to be – Jerron. Jaron, Justin, or Jaron, Jaron, um, Jared, uh, whatever, uh, any one of those JJs, he's a force to be reckoned with, but still, like, a lot of things should have gone the Nets way that didn't, and well, that's the way it ended up. So, okay, so the refs missed calls, did they, so if that, if that would have cut it to three, right, did the Nets turn it over then, or what happened mm. to, for the Grizzlies to yeah. really get the tie, or did that tie, what happened, did they turn over before, or like what? I mean, like I said, there's a lot of blurry memories here, I just, <laughs> with all the losses that's been piling up, I think literally, I mean, just to switch for a second, when they lost to the Jazz, I literally, I was watching the Jazz on TV uh, the other night, I literally forgot the Jazz came into town to Brooklyn and beat them like five nights before. Like I seriously, November twenty eighth. Yeah, I seriously forgot that happened, uh, and I was like, oh yeah. I was like, when are we playing the Jazz? It's because these losses are just so epic. And you know, I texted you today, 
it was an epic game and all these games are really much better than last year in the sense that they're competitive uh but at some point maybe it's two more losses that will make me uh feel completely dejected i'm still optimistic for some some reason yeah now do you let me ask you this do you think because we we've praised atkinson before as being pretty good coach and i've heard other people praising him as well right do you think he's at all culpable for these late game uh, you know uh, mishaps that they keep having yeah i think they need a assistant coach that that has a very offensive like like an offensive coordinator coach like they need one of mm-hmm. those guys i think kenny can come up with the schemes and how the system runs but they're they have a whole bunch of these player development guys and some of them are One's only a former player. Two are former players like uh, Pablo Prigioni and Jacques Vaughn. All the other ones are like look like they're uh, frat bros uh, that came out of college and just uh, started working for the Nets because they're either analytics or whatever. They're, they're former physical therapists. I don't know where they got these guys, but they've developed players really well. They just don't have a person that can draw it up, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to make the difference uh, moving forward. Do you think some of it's like – I mean, obviously, we said no Levert, and they're somewhat hampered by the roster. But is there better um, decisions he can make in terms of who who goes in at crunch time and like who rotates in and stuff like that? Yeah. So last night, so Jared Dudley is one of those guys that has no problem tweeting at anyone. He's like he considers himself like part of the media slash player, and uh, he was uh, Nets Daily, uh, the Twitter uh, handle was tweeting at him saying something along the lines is like hey man i wish you best of luck but you're probably not going to be on the team next year um you're, you're expiring and uh and then he also said something along the lines and that's daily said like uh you know these decisions are really bad we don't i don't know why jared dudley's in this game like this is a guy that reports for one of the best you know uh blogs and sv nation and also um and he's probably the head writer and you know i usually enjoy all this stuff but i felt like a little bit bothered by by that even though we're all bothered as nets fans and frustrated with these losses it it's not like we expected to like win i mean we were expected to win some games but if you lose your best player that's got to be something mm-hmm. so the nets income guy he uh, he just said like there's got to be a change like a, a change needs to come and it needs to happen now so um, no he wasn't was this guy wasn't putting like dudley's twitter handle like directly in these yeah no he was tweeting was directly at him. yep you know uh, that's that's kind of a dick move like saying like look at this i'm saying he shouldn't be in the game like it's not like his i mean he should he should at atkinson be like don't put this in if anything yeah 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 i don't think uh kenny there has um has the twitter but i I hear what i hear what you're saying no i hear what you're saying and Um, uh like so like i said last time when i went to the other game or whatever game it was lost last two weeks whenever i've (laughs) been on the podcast and we've recorded one the feeling of these games losing i should i some reason i should feel very angry but i don't and i think i realized what it was that's um, that's keeping me optimistic last night i think it's the sense that okay i already said the players are playing hard and they're competitive but one of the things that has been reported by like Woj and all these people like brooklyn's gonna have a, get a lot of meetings with free agent players like they're just you know a couple players away to being you know uh, at least a playoff team right um, and when you see a team that when some of the feedback from anonymous players are saying like, oh, they look like they're playing hard and they're having fun and like they seem really close, like as a culture and, and as a group. And that's 
that's something a lot of players in the NBA has never had. You know, I, I know De- Russell probably did not have that in the Lakers beforehand uh, for those first two years. Um, he was snitching on the team. Yeah, right. I mean, immediately he was kind of casted out. Um, but but without that, you know, like with that being said, like a, a guy like Paul George uh, or that was running it or Jimmy Butler that was like killing it they realize like this environment at Barclays centers can be not super hostile, but like there's fans like people are chanting. Okay. See, and I'll give you the full recap, but like they're enjoying these moments, right? They're, they're thriving at Barclays center. So this association to Barclays center is like, man, I really loved playing there. They have such a lively crowd. Like that's, that's like a organic selling marketing for other players. Like, uh, like Kobe killing everyone all the time. He knows he's just going to be a Laker for life, but other players, since in today's age, teams and loyalty is not there, they could remember, like, oh, man, that game against the Nets, I crushed them. But they like the players on the Nets, and they like the organization. So when free agency comes, we might get one of those players or a couple of those players that would be like, hey, this place is great, man. Like, I didn't realize how great it was before because you guys had Billy fucking King, but now it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And uh, I want to hear more about so you went to the game last night uh, we'll hear more about a lot more about that but before that let's talk about the Cavs and that's since that was the game before and that the Cavs are my team obviously um you watched this one from home right you weren't at this one no I was not I did ask you if you wanted to uh pod mm-hmm. at during the game live pod I, I turned you down on that one did I I think that's a good move on your part yep good move yeah. on your part well anyway because I, I did watch a lot of this game I, I do admit I was flipping around a little bit doing some other stuff during a lot of it um, but I definitely watched, the, like, the first, like, eight minutes of regulation and the last eight minutes or so. I, yeah. I, I was glued to it yeah. that much, at least. And the, the Cavs kind of do a little, like, with their team this year that's kind of tanking, basically, whether they're trying or not to, um, which, again, I think they should be. But regardless, uh, they they have blown a couple games this year where they've had a big... I remember one specifically I was watching. I think it was against the Magic where it was kind of like this Grizzlies thing. Like, they were up like seven or eight with under a minute or like under 40 seconds right. they somehow blew that one um and I, it seemed like they're gonna do that against the nets also i think they had maybe a five or six point lead with like 30 40 seconds left and then yeah. the nets came back and tied it um i don't remember the exact time you know how much exactly how much time there was but then as i mentioned before that says on this heartbreak hotel thing alec burke's game winning dunk which is not a phrase you see too often it's usually a game <laughs> game-winning shot recently or, acquired know, or something right yeah recently yes acquired. this was his third game and an interesting point about this um alec burks was at was at barclays literally the week before at this jazz game and yeah. that the jazz won right didn't play because when he was out there shooting around they came and got him when he's shooting around at barclays and we're like we, we just traded you <laughs> so he literally goes back to the building the same exact building one wow. week later with a new team and gets a game-winning shot. I had no idea. Game. I had no idea that was an actual storyline. That's pretty. That's pretty insane. Yeah. That's pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah. It is. But so what? Um, so I mean, I, I was happy to see that. I was like, even though it's like I kind of want to be losing now, um, especially since I knew we talk about it. I was like, all right, that's that's cool. We got the win. Then I think did the the Nets had a chance to tie it again or or get the buzzer beater. Didn't get it. I don't remember who took the shot. Yeah. Yeah. It was Dinwiddie. I believe it was Dinwiddie. Well, for the most part, it's always been either Dinwiddie or Russell trying to get a shot up, um, Mm -hmm. at the buzzer or Jared Dudley or someone turning it or Damar Carroll turning it over. So, I mean, (laughs) either a shot or a turnover towards the end. And you can tell, like, if you were just looking at any basketball team and you saw this, like 
kind of week by week where these players towards the end were just like you could see the timidness of them you know like you could see i wouldn't say it's fear i think like i said i think it's anxiety of like i don't know i I don't know why they're putting so much weight on it i think it's because they want to do so well that they don't know how, how to as much because last year they had all these injuries and it was Spencer Dinwiddie who was the guy, and Karis Levert, and that's it, really, you know. But now they have more, more pieces. They got to make a trade, though. I know that they definitely have to make yeah. a trade. I think some of it might be also the, the culmination of a bunch of the games like this in a row. Then everyone gets even more tight. Like who's going to take the shot? How they can, you know, because they keep losing right. games like this. It's right. like a, it's like a, a ball rolling down the hill type of thing. But who, uh, with the Burks dunk, who was on him? Like there, were, he almost lost the ball. I feel like he almost lost the handle. Then he shook it around and dunked it. Who, do you remember who was on him he, that kind of guy? He did a. He, I think he skated on D'Angelo Russell. Then he went around Jared Allen and just. That's right, Jared Allen. Yeah, That's he did sure. a. He did a nice move. Like it was like, it was unexpected. And but like, this is the thing. Like as a basketball fan, I respected that move. Like that's a really yeah. hard move to do. Um, and like as a basketball fan, you know, uh, I really enjoyed the game, not the result the game in general just because i don't think i was expecting a good game um overall uh, honestly i probably thought the nets had this one in the bag considering we talked about it last week you were like saying like what games i felt like i picked the Cavs as one of those dubs and not so yeah. much so i don't remember if we even mentioned that they were playing i, I kind of feel like we just oh we did utah and memphis and washington yeah yeah and you said that we predicted like two and two and oh and four now Owen eight. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the Nets had so we we beat you on at home there. Yeah, you know at the Nets at Barclays, and I think we played once this year already in Cleveland, and yeah. Cavs lost to the Nets. Right. So I'm not. Sure. We probably play one more time this year at some point, but uh, I I would like to. I mean, not that I would like, but I'm saying I like the Nets to win the the rubber match probably, but who knows? Um, yeah, I want to hear all about the game yesterday, but just looking forward real quick. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow they are home. Man, they have a long home stretch here, huh? Yeah. So Tomorrow just before you before you run through that, um, so the Nets in general, uh, one of the things that we reported was like they actually have one of the easiest strengths of schedules uh, for the rest of the year, and you know, you can read it, and I'll tell you like exactly that they. I think they travel the mileage wise, uh, they travel the least miles, and their their probability of winning was probably one of the highest i forgot where i read that but based on their strength of schedule not based on their talent but <laughs> but yeah so go ahead who we got so next three games even the two away games are close so they're home for the right. raptors obviously a tough game i don't think anyone would really pick the nets to win that mm-hmm. then at new york next basically yeah uh yeah and then at the sixers which is also they take a bus there far traveling yeah. so yeah, they take a bus that's there. the next three games yeah. i mean who knows about the Sixers? Like the Cavs beat them at home also fairly recently. They're a little up and down. The, the Nets Sixers beat them earlier this year too. Um, okay. So, at Barclays. Uh, at Barclays without Jimmy Butler though, I don't know. By the way, I'm looking at. I got the schedule off the Nets Reddit page, um, mm-hmm. subreddit, and the sidebar image they have right now is a shirtless boy wearing um, Brooklyn Nets shorts and drinking Clorox, Clorox from a, a straw. That's yeah. That's accurate. Very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, and this reminds me though, because they also have the they have the last two games, the one against the Cavs and Thunder. Mm-hmm. It says it, it has like the um, the losses or wins, whatever. But over the Cavs one, it says Karaks though, 
So, so a loss, but Karaks, though, I guess. So, Kuruks, Kuruks, however you say Kuruks, is that? Yeah. I was, he, he came alive, uh, he, he came alive in the last part of the game that mm-hmm. I was watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even heard of this guy before. Right. A Latvian, I guess, like Barzingis, but right. he almost won the game for them, honestly, with his hustle and, and making a few clutch shots. Yeah. Yeah. Did he play yesterday? Let's get into the game yesterday. Um, so not the game, be- yeah, he played a little bit yesterday, not, not as much, um, yeah, he really did. I don't think he made too much of an appearance because I didn't remember seeing any white guy other than Joe Harris, uh, who was killing it. Joe Harris and Alan Crabb showed up in the first half. In the second half, nothing. <laughs> Just I feel, nothing. I feel like Harris didn't even play in the Cavs game, really. Or I don't remember. No, no, I'm talking about game. last night's game. I know you are. I'm just saying, did he, did he, though? Oh, yeah, maybe he was, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, he was out. He was out. Yeah, he didn't play. Okay, he didn't yeah. play that game. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, last night, they got their legs underneath them, and they start, they scored, uh, they scored 26 and 36, uh, 36 in the second quarter. So they were they were looking. It was looking like a really, really easy win, you know, during the first half. But uh, I did have these nerves, and I felt this feeling in my stomach that I really couldn't shake. You know, like the fact that you go to a game and you're like me. I was like, well, I'm going to do what I did for the Cleveland Browns, right? I'm just going to end this losing streak right now and show up. <laughs> and um, didn't happen. Uh, no. Yeah, well, you know what you should have done then. You should have went. You should have just went to the Nets tailgate and not actually went into the game and watched. Well, I did tailgate. Outside. I did tailgate, which is. Equivalent. What I'm saying with the Browns, you didn't actually go into. We didn't actually go into the game, and then they got they got uh, the win finally. So that's going in, going actually in was why it didn't happen for you. Well, there's sev- there's several reasons why it didn't happen for me. Well, first and foremost, just recapping the game. You know, you saw you saw the fourth quarter, Paul George, right? And his thing going on. Well, I only saw the. I only saw. Oh, you mean? I you mean? Uh, I saw like the stat line. You mean? Right? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know if you just saw the highlights, but he had. Four- I only saw the highlights of the game in general. But well, the thing I just read with the Heartbreak Hotel thing said something about like twenty-four fourth quarter points or something for George. Paul George was insane. I, I don't think I've seen that kind of performance live since I think Demar Derozan when he was on the Raptors. He scored like forty something on them, and but this was a comeback scoring like. I think there's a difference where, you know, if you're dominating a team and they're just dejected from, you know, you being up and there's nothing you can do. But, like, when you hold the lead and you have a player just becoming invincible and going to the rack, getting every rebound, every spot, every ball, you tend to, like, just stop playing altogether. Like, you just, you're, like, clueless. You're, like, what the F just happened? And as fans uh, in the arena when I was there... I could not believe how many uh, never been to Oklahoma City fans were there. You know, there were there were a lot. They were saying OKC, a lot of screaming of that. So yeah, can I say something about this? Because yeah. uh, I didn't interject when you were talking a couple of minutes ago, but I, I wanted to say something at that point. You were talking about the um, the fa- the opposing players or whatever players wanting to come to Brooklyn and the environment and the arena and everything. But it also sounded like you said that the OKC fans were cheering. Is that what you said earlier? Were you talking about Nets fans dealing like that? I mean, it, it was a lot of noise on both ends, but, you know, okay. the arena wasn't full. It, but a lot of blue shirt, blue jerseys and everything. A lot, of, a lot of blue shirts, but then a lot of locals, like, not even wearing jerseys, but they're just like, I guess they're Westbrook. The- fans yeah. or something like that i don't know um yeah, i did I, I did meet okc uh people at the bar like two of them i thought they were like islanders fans because they're wearing the same colors as islanders 
And I was talking to them, and I'm like, I, we got on the subject about Seattle Sonics, and I was asking them, hey, were you born and raised in Oklahoma City? And they were like, yeah, you know, this is our only team. And I'm like, that's great, you know, but I don't think anyone... Were they tourists? Like, uh, to- they came no, in the game? Or no, they, they, live, live, they, live, they live in New York City. And then I'm yeah. like, I'm like, you guys have a lot of karma for it. Like, no teams that move to another city goes to the NBA Finals within three to four years. Like, they don't, they don't get top players that our MVPs in the league like that doesn't happen so you know I don't want to hear you're complaining really you know um the fact that Durant left you know that sucks that was on Durant but like I, I feel like you there's so much karma around in sports that can only go certain places and even if you're not winning a championship that doesn't mean you're not getting karma and I think Oklahoma City has that benefit where they have they somehow when everything looks bad they pull up Paul George and they resign him you know like when they lost Durant and when they traded for Hart or traded Harden away they got uh, Oladipo and Sabonis I don't know like they got so yeah. much talent you know Oladipo didn't even play well for them and then became good when he left the team well he was a backcourt no he was good I mean he was like well, consistent not, not, not the same player no not at all no one was talking about him having a good season or anything though. Sabonis was uh, I mean they're both on the rise let's just say um, and by the way, Seattle, you mentioned because you were talking about this. They they got a you heard they they're getting an NHL franchise now. Yeah, twenty twenty or twenty two, something like maybe. that. I didn't see when the year. Probably not. Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, but uh, twenty twenty. But is that going to be the, the new SuperSonics? I think they should do that. Just call it. Oh uh, no, that's NHL awful, man. Stuff. They can't do that. That's that's like why not? That's pissing on the grave, man. That's like that's messed up. Mm-hmm. No, no, because you got you got so much. I mean, they won a championship, you know, the Sonics, so it's not... No, they could try to win one in a different sport now. <laughs> no, no, I know that, but, like, it's... <laughs> I don't know. It's more likely the Sonics would come back, I would think, than once the NBA decides to expand, because um, they're getting a lot of money and they have the ability to do so mm-hmm. now. Uh, Maybe. I don't know if getting this NHL franchise hurts or help or hinders that possibility. Well, their MS... MLS team is insane. They've won a championship with the Seahawks. They have a really good fan base there. Uh, the Mariners are, um, oh, speaking of which... Uh, they haven't made the playoffs in like 100 years. Right, but your boy Robinson Cano is now one of my favorite players in baseball. Now he's a Met, so I'm pretty excited oh, about Oh, really? That. Yeah. Is that fresh off the wire? That's not, that was like two days ago, man. He got traded. And, oh, then, been, and Figadora, or no, Figadora... I haven't been following the hot stove this offseason. Yeah. So yeah, he got traded to the Mets, which is pretty exciting. But anyways... He's not still suspended? PD, right? Uh, no, he's he's done. They wouldn't make that trade, but he is 36. Uh, anyways, uh, offbeat with the Mets and <laughs> Seattle. The, the Pets. Yeah, I yeah, know. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, but that was a, a tangent. But yeah, what? So the, back to the game yesterday. You were, by the way, where were you seated in the uh, arena? Okay, I was lucky enough uh, to sit sit on section three, row eighteen, and this is all due to. Section three, you said. Section three. I've never sat in section that three. Close. Yeah, no, it's definitely lower bowl. I was, I don't know. I could definitely yell at the bench, uh, the Nets bench, and they would hear me. I did. Uh, I did yell at Stephen Adams during a free throw. I said, "Where's your Khaleesi?" And uh, you say "Oi," because you're talking about "Oi" and "Yo" before. "Oi" is like an Australian. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, I was. Oi, where's I was saying down under and uh, and Australian for bear. I was saying Foster's a lot of that. So. Yeah, and he's uh, like, "I'm Kiwi, not Australian." Yeah, doesn't, doesn't make sense. So. Yeah, so shout out to sports hosts. They actually paid for the ticket. Your uh, host last night. I, they were my host, but I was actually a host. So the whole concept of sports hosts, wow. they're a startup company, and they want to bring events and relationships back. So what they do is for international fans, uh, anyone that wants to go to local games, they'll be ho- people that host the games and bring these fans together. So I met um, a couple 
awesome people. Uh, Lucy, who was it? Who is a Kiwi and her husband, they flew from New Zealand and they were in New York for a week. So they really wanted to go to a Nets game, but they also were all about Stephen Adams. So that was conflicting. And, uh, and then, well, why um, did they really want to go to a Nets game by the way? Because it's one of those things. They, they were Nets fans or basketball fans for some reason over, you know, uh, overseas and, they exist, um, apparently. So, wow. uh, um, and then Maddie, who is from Australia, she lives uh, in New York City. She's really cool. She she also really wanted to go to a Nets game. She's been wanting to do that for a while. So, apparently, there's an Australian of New York uh, group either on Facebook and stuff that there's a large contingent of Australians. I haven't met many, um, so I was kind of excited. I got to. We went to the Montrose, uh, one of our spots that. Me, me and you used to go to. Um, yes, I know it well, of course. Yeah, and uh, we walked to the game, and we didn't see anyone kneeling for national anthem as we were waiting. So um, yeah, it was a good, it was a good time overall. I want to thank uh, sports hosts again, Melissa, Gabe, and Darren. Oh. If you guys want to enjoy some games when you're in the U.S. or even uh, uh, anywhere, you know, whether you want to go to, I don't know if they work with the Browns, but they work with NYFC. Uh, you can go to sports hosts. Dot net and sportshost.com and that's plural with s so uh Sweet. check Sounds that out like a good company yeah yeah and they also have one of those online chats so if you're really confused on how to enter your name then you can message that person on on the bottom right corner with the with the whole message you, you've done that before right padre uh, been confused about how to type my name. What is it? No, you know, you know those messaging terminal things, like the pop up, like when you go to a website, they have. Like, oh, you mean I've I've uh, done those, like on the I've been responsible for hosting the chats. You're saying for vice versa. I, I don't know if you. Do I that. have not that, but no, I didn't. But um, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the little pop ups, things come up. Yeah. But no, I have done customer service like that, but just phone, email stuff. Not not chat old school, stuff. old school stuff. That's what you're saying. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Now, are you are you going to be so they the other people coming into town? I mean, it sounds like there's all these uh, Nets fans from overseas. Will you be uh, joining more of them in the future? Maybe are, are you like the new ambassador for these fans? Like, well, I mean, local? let's 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 put it let's put it in perspective, uh, Padre. Okay. I think I've been uh, the ambassador of the Brooklyn Nets for almost like nine years before they even moved to Brooklyn. So I think uh, now it's more in a official-ish capacity. They do work with the Brooklyn Nets, Sports Host does. Um, I did also get to meet the Brooklyn Block and Brooklyn Brigade, which is at one of their events two weeks ago. They're really, they're the fans that are assigned by the Nets and the section that's assigned that do all the chants. So they're in the house last night. I'm looking to actually go to an event with them and just talk about that experience because that's what we do on Brooklyn Rebound. We keeps it a hundred. A hundred? That's how you say it, right? A hundred. A hundred. I'm saying it wrong. Yeah, that's alright. Yeah, hunt, hunt. Well, I think I think we kept it pretty 100 on this Brooklyn bite today. Is there any other? I mean, what's your what's your thoughts going forward for? The, I mean, we kind of saw what the upcoming schedule is a little bit, but what what, what do you think they get off the Schneid here? Is it against the Knicks on the eighth here? You know, the Knicks have been playing pretty ridiculously well. They've also had competitive games, and I can't name their starting lineup at all. I think Moutier is the only player I remember. That's it. And he made a clutch shot against the Bucks or something like that to win the game. So, can you name any players from the Knicks? Uh, well, they have that rookie Kevin Knox, but I feel like he hasn't been doing no, much no, right now. Like, yeah, like as I in, think I think um, Tim Hardaway Jr. has been having a good season. Oh yeah, he's there. Forgot about him. Yeah. Um, Frank Nolinka or whatever. Frankie Smokes. Frankie Smokes. Um, yeah. I don't know. If, I I think he might have been not not having a good season either. Because he was kind of um, 
people are high on him last year as a rookie. I feel like he hasn't done much this year. I've heard about, but yeah, he's on the team. They got a lot of similar Moutier, parts. Cantor, obviously, I would assume is the starting five, right? I mean, not not the starting five, but he starts at the five, right? Yeah, you know, it's just weird petty thing. Even though, like I I, t- I said before, I'm a fan of of New York basketball. I want both teams to do well. There's still part of me that's like. As long as we're better than the Knicks, and I saw a couple W's by you know the uh, the Knicks uh, when the Nets were getting their one point, two point, three point losses, uh, and the Knicks were winning by two points or one point or whatever, and then now it's like eight and seventeen and eight and eighteen. The Nets are in fifth in Atlantic, and they haven't been fifth in a yeah. while. So well, look, there's good potential for because right now the Nets are half a game back of the Knicks. Well, the Knicks are at Boston tonight on TNT, so there's great potential for both teams to be uh, have the exact same record which would be 8 and 18 when they face off two days from now well the one problem is this is the caveat oh right they can't because the nets are going to lose to the raptors well not even that and i won't say that they'll lose to the raptors i'm still convinced i'm still convinced even if they win they won't have the same record though at this point well my theory is wrong well with the record is it's more of the fact that the last time the nets played the knicks they got blown out by 19 points and the reason being it was a second of a back-to-back and this is the same thing. Even though the travels, yeah, it's, it is going to be again. Yeah. They're playing the Raptors, so if the Raptors crush the Nets, and which could be expected, and Kenny doesn't play like half the players uh, through the third or fourth, then they can get ready for the next day. And but if it's a competitive game like it's been for the past ten games, then uh, we're we're in trouble for New York because uh, unless um, unless we get that momentum saying like we beat the best team in the league. Then, then that should be a confidence booster to going into New York and carry that momentum. I don't know if you believe yeah. in momentum or not. A lot of people oh, I don't. do. That's what I was kind of saying. I yeah. think they're, they're just on a bad momentum right now going downhill. Would you rather win against, if you can only win one, would you rather beat the Knicks and the Raptors or, or would you rather have that better, you know, quote-unquote better victory over a good team? Yeah, so you know how you talked about how the Nets have always played well against the Warriors except, you know, their recent one where they got yeah. blown out? I feel like they have at least. I don't no, know they have. No, no, this is true. Uh, they almost, during the Warriors' like record-breaking season, Brooke Lopez missed a bunny to win the game. So, I mean, they... they I feel like it was more than just that game. There's a couple of Nets Warriors games in a row. That yeah, and they came back games. earlier this year to bring it. So, I mean, when they play top teams, that's what I'm saying. They're, they beat the Nuggets earlier this year. They're, they've been competitive in every game. I don't think it matters except to being the Raptors, except for the fact that I, we, there's a history... That's very marginal now, uh, where the Nets did play the Raptors twice, and they and they beat them with Paul Pierce blocking that shot um, against Kyle Lowry. But this is a completely different team, and anyone that's been watching the NBA knows that this Raptors team is, whoa, the best whoa. Uh, record in the league so far. Yeah, this yeah. This is the first time Drake doesn't have to jump on a bandwagon, so that's got to be fun uh, for him. So. Oh, I'm sure he still will at some point. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he'll he'll be like uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll, once he realizes the Warriors are back up, or or I don't know, Nuggets are playing well. What are your feelings, actually, real quick on the Western Conference? Do you feel like it's better than the Eastern Conference overall? Yeah, I mean, I think we already kind of touched on this on the last podcast. I, I think I, what I said then was that I had heard some talk or some chatter, you know, that the East is getting better and it's a lot closer now to the West, and I, I just don't see that as being true. Because mm. looking at their at the even the Spurs are the second worst record in the West right now, which is crazy enough as it is. But this is the times we live in, and they're eleven and fourteen, and that means there are that's the same record as the Wizards, who are the nine seed right now in the East. 
with the Heat, Knicks, Nets, Cavs, Bulls, and Hawks, all with worst records. The Suns have the worst record in the league, but they're basically the only Western Conference team with a really bad record. Right. So and I feel it's like it's not the same to me, no. Right. What I was leading to, and then that was a, a silly question on your boy Podnom's part, because I don't remember a lot lately. Uh, what I was leading to is Toronto Raptors are being like the, I guess, the the better version, uh, I would say the Eastern version of the Warriors, but they'll be like the Cavs. I feel like they're the one team that could beat a team uh, from the West in the finals and the championship. Do you, do you agree that Toronto would be that team of all the Eastern? Yeah, would, uh, I don't. As of I mean, right I now. I guess I agree. As of right now. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I just don't think, I mean, the only way it's going to happen, right, is it's kind of moved this whole point to me because the only way it happens is if it's in the finals. We know that Golden State's going to be in the finals. I don't know anymore, man. We'll see. Once Steph Curry just came back. If if everyone stays healthy, I mean, the Draymond thing is some issue. I don't know if he's hurt or the beef with between him and Durant. It's the boogie, it's the boogie angle. Yeah, we'll talk about it next time. But I think it's the but, boogie angle more. Yeah. But with Kawhi, I mean, Kawhi is certainly a better player, uh, especially in big games, than they've had. So, I mean, I, I, I would give them much more hope this year than in years past. But And they're, you're right, they probably have the most potential to do it of an Eastern team, but... Right, and there's no other team. We'll see if the Celtics figure it out. Right, but But I don't think there's any other team that could, right, as of right now, in 25 games, 26 games in the season, I don't think there's any team in the East that could beat a team in the West uh, for the championship, at least one of the top four or five teams. uh, Just in a seven-game series. Yeah, I don't think think that's possible at all. No, I think you're right. But anyway, uh, that was... uh, that was Brooklyn fight for the day. We got some real Nets talking today, huh, Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, it's much, much needed. And I will be going, I mean, since they got this home stretch, and I might be home for the holidays for a little bit. So if I'm not in Kentucky, you know where your boy Podnam's going to be, living down the street. Barclays, maybe. Barclays. My, my second home. Actually, my third home. But, yeah. Studio is your first home, that Kentucky, and then Barclays Center. I would say. Or, or are you talking about your actual family's home? I would say my family, Connecticut. Uh, no, that's fourth. <laughs> Kentucky. <laughs> Lady Pudgeon's family is more important. Uh, that is true. Once you're married as the husband, you actually belong more to the uh, white side of, side of the family. That's the way that works. Uh, anyways, yeah, uh, thank you, Paju, for indulging me with a little Nets, Nets chat and banter. Uh, I can't really speak anymore just because it's cold and I haven't drank anything. You know, it's dry as hell in New York City. It's about 20 degrees. Do you want me to comment on that in some way? I feel like we should have left off on the weather report, right? right wait, are we done? Are we done recording? Right? Well, I was, this part should be cut out if we're not. I don't know what you were talking see It seemed like you were trying to set me up for something bad. No idea what it was. No, we're not. We're going unedited right now. We're going unfiltered. Oh, no. We're going unfiltered. We're just gonna we're just gonna talk about other things and have a hot mic on the whole time. No, my mic's going cold like it is outside in Brooklyn. There, I'm at, I'm done. Hot now. That's enough. All right, guys, that'll that'll do it for this bite. Uh, make sure you go again. Shout out to sports hosts uh, Melissa, Gabe, and Darren. They're the best. Go check them out. Sportshosts.com.net. Follow them on Instagram. Uh, check out all their cool photos. And guys, sign up to be a host. I mean, if you're in the area, why not meet some awesome people internationally? I'm, I met a friend that could probably just make me a citizen in New Zealand if I wanted to. But I love this country, so I'm never leaving. Check us out on Brooklyn Rebound on Instagram, Twitter, just like it's spelled. And that'll do it for this bite. Peace. Bam. Hey. Pod Boys Productions.